Welcome to today's episode of the Ain't That Good podcast with me, Brandy, Tanya, Chelsea, Keisha, and you. Today we are talking about questions. So pull up a chair and join us as we reframe life one conversation at a time. Be sure to tune in until the very end of this episode so you can learn more about how to win a gift this Valentine's season from the Oaks on Park. Welcome back. Here we are. Hey, Hey, ladies. ladies. Good good to see your faces. It's been a minute. Yes, it It has has been been a minute. minute. For sure. We get to see each other's faces a whole lot more than we get to see you, Tanya. So yes, I miss you a lot. Missed you. I was happy to have my fix when you all were here. Uh, It has sustained me, but it's waning. So we're going to need to figure out a time I can see you in person again soon. Yep. So I hear that the three of you, speaking of faces, took your sweet three faces to a concert. So I want to hear about that. We went to Rock the Universe at Universal Studios this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. We we jammed out. Who'd we We, see? Lecrae? Lecrae put on a show. Yeah, he's he's real good in in person for sure. Mm. He's high energy. It's a different. It's a whole different feel because you had Lecrae and then you had Phil uh-huh. Wickham and you had Brandon Lake. So yep. oh, the contrast was so good. Really, really big, but really, really dynamic. So yes. yeah, we had a yes. great time. It was awesome. Did they you ride any rides? The whole. What a we? great question. We went to Harry Potter World. <gasps> okay, so bucket list, bucket list item of mine is to go to Harry Potter World. Not kidding. It's- Wonderful. Yep. We'll go back. I'm addicted to butterbeer. <laughs> yep. They dropped yep. me off at detox on the way back into Dothan. I'm broadcasting from detox right now. We're actually having an intervention right now. That's what this is for. <laughs> but what is butterbeer? It's light cream soda, but more butterscotchy and caramely. Mm. Yeah. But there's a little bit of carbonation to it. It's totally non-alcoholic. Right. It's probably about a thousand calories per pint, but it is delicious. Interesting. So one time for, for some reason, this won't surprise you. My son, Zach had the recipe for butterbeer and attempted to make it here at our home. And it was, it was good. Now I'm, I don't know that it was the same butterbeer you're going to get at the actual Harry Potter world, but it was good. It's cool. All right. So we're going to jump in. Um, I've been wanting to do this topic for a long time because one of the things that we esteem as individuals, because we are created in the image of God, is community. And so something that seems to often elude us in community is the ability to facilitate authentic, loving community and deep, meaningful conversation. So tonight I've asked Brandy to kind of take the lead on this podcast because as a life coach and counselor, she is the master of asking questions because there is an art. There is an art to asking questions. Now, she may not like me calling her the master of asking questions, but she's a master of a lot of things. She is good at it. She's really good at it. She is. She is really good at it. I know even when I first met Brandy, I instantly felt included and invited into her space because she just had a way of drawing information out of me. I do think some people are just really good at that. And she is one. I have learned from her. I want to learn more from her. I think she has a lot to teach us all. We want to um, just talk about, you know, those 
initiating questions we can to go to those deeper levels of conversation. Chelsea has kind of gone through the levels of conversation for us before. Chelsea, can you touch on that briefly again about the different levels of conversation and what that looks like? Five levels of conversation. You're going to move from the most superficial as in how's the weather, talking about things that there is zero vulnerability involved. And then each layer level is going to go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper until level five communication is going to be 100% vulnerability um, between both parties. Okay. So what we want to look at tonight are what are those things that we can do? What are those questions we can ask to take us to those deeper levels of community. We also want to look at what questions does God ask in the Bible? Because questions, if you think about it, they're reorienting and they're very recalibrating. They don't only invite Mm -hmm. intimacy, they invite revelation, not just exchange of information. So tonight, today, when we record this episode, we just want to look at the different facets of how questions are community and communicative building. So Brandy, kind of walk us through when you do approach and meet someone for the first time, what are the initial things that you want to know, especially as a counselor, when you're trying to go to those deeper levels faster? Yeah. So one thing to keep in mind is you have to have the end in mind when you start, because you know, the way I may start a counseling session is going to be a little bit different than I would just a conversation. When a counseling session, I'm there for business and I don't want to mm-hmm. waste somebody's time. And so I'm going to dive right on in and I'm going to ask them a question like, you know, what are the presenting problems? You know, why did you decide to come to therapy? Why is this something that you felt like it's going to be beneficial to your life? That's going to give me this overarching idea, this big 30,000 foot view of what's really going on. And then from each question that follows that, it's going to help me narrow down and narrow down and narrow down until we can reach some type of a, what we like to call an aha moment in therapy. It's not that I don't want to be the person as a therapist that is the answer to their questions, because that can really uh, create codependency. But I want them to through me questioning them, be able to come to this place of realization on their own of like, oh, whoa, I've not thought about that. And they reach that on their own through, like you said, the art of asking questions and being really in tune with at the end of this session, at the end of the conversation that I have with the individual, whether it's in a therapy session or it's in just dialoguing with someone I'm wanting to get to know. I want to know at the end of my my conversation with them, what I want to leave with. And I allow each question to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And so why we ask questions is because we need to find out information. And in the Bible, God asks us questions, not because he doesn't know, because we know that he is all knowing, but it's something that he's trying to draw out or draw us to him. And so on this podcast, we want to look at some questions that um, God has asked us and even, even some things that we may ask ourselves. So let's go ahead and explore some of those. Questions is a red thread that runs throughout the structure of scripture from the beginning to the very end, and then also a continuation into the lives that we live today because we are active participants in the gospel story. And so when I think about questions, I think about a triangle. I think about God, the questions he asks us, then the questions that we ask God, and then the questions that we ask each other. And external to that 
are questions that come from the enemy. Yeah. That try to disengage and monopolize the relationships that we have with each other and with the Trinity itself, whether you're asking those questions of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Questions, I think as human beings, we like questions because we're storytellers. We want to know someone else's story and we want our story to be known. And we also want to be loved, even when we tell stories that are ugly or painful or shameful. Sure. And when someone invites us, because a question is just an invitation, it's an invitation to look deeper, to go deeper. And when we're invited into a question, someone's saying, tell me a story. Mm. Or when I ask someone or I'm asking God, God, who am I? I'm saying, God, tell me my story. Mm. The problem comes when evil from the outside poses a question and it makes me question the story, the narrative of my life that I tell myself. Okay. And am I willing to go down that road? I'm glad you brought that up because the very first, very first question asked in the Bible was in Genesis 3.1. What was the very first question. Who asked it? I didn't know this until I started studying questions in the Bible. It was the serpent. Yeah. Satan asked the very first question in the Bible. And he said, did God really say? And his motive was to create that element of doubt. Is he really for you? Does he really have your best in mind? Is he holding out on you? Those same questions that the enemy makes us question today when it comes to our relationship mm-hmm. with God, others, and even our relationship with ourselves. I love that the second question in the Bible was asked by God in Genesis 3, 9. And God said, where are you? Because sin had come uh-huh. in. They were afraid. They were, as sin does for all of us, it creates fear. It creates doubt. It creates anxiety. And what I love about the very first question God asked reveals so much about his heart and reveals so much about his character because he was inviting them back in. He was establishing that space of confessional community. And he was, he was asking a question because God can only, the only kind of questions he can ask are the kinds that he knows the answer to. Because as Brandy said, he is all knowing. There's nothing he can ask that he doesn't know the answer to. But but questions are very character revealing. They're very reorienting and recalibrating to us. And he was trying to help them know, hey, I'm here. I'm going to find. He was pursuing. Mm-hmm. He was finding. Satan was trying to draw them away from God. And God, with his very first question, was drawing them back in. That's right. And Adam had a choice. Eve had a choice at that moment. Am I going to continue? to tell the story that the serpent gave me, the suggestion that the serpent gave? Or will I actually turn back to God and allow him to clothe me again and again and again, instead of going back to those shame scripts that we talked about? Mm. And you know what's so wonderful is, Tanya, you just made, you said something very impactful. There are questions that lead us 
to God, questions that we ask each other in humanity that lead us back to God. There are questions that we ask out of impure motives that can lead someone away from God. Mm -hmm. So when we ask the right question out of the right motive, we are taking another step further together. Those two, those two people or more people that are in conversation, we are offering an opportunity to become more of our glory selves. And what I mean by that, more of the image of Christ. But if the question is asked out of impure motives, okay, because we can also be conduits of evil mm. as humans. Like, did you hear about so-and-so? Or did you hear what happened to her? Do you hear what's going on in their marriage? Those are suggestive questions that lead us away from God. It leads us away from the, where are you? That's a really, really good point. And one thing I love about the, just going back to the, where are you question is that was a question that was directed to draw them out of hiding. So (laughs) if he had come in and said, I can't believe y'all are hiding from me. That's a totally different statement than, hey, where are you? That where are you is, hey, I'm here. I'm waiting on you. Where are you? And I love that he used a question when he could have just said, I can't believe y'all messed up. I can't believe you're hiding. Do you not think I see y'all? Like, come on. But he didn't. He used a question because he wanted to, like you said, recalibrate, to reorient, to draw them back into him. And that did it with a question. Because you you have to have an accurate pinpoint, I think, of where you are before you can truly calibrate where you're going. I think sometimes we find ourselves in a place in life where we do need someone to say, where are you? Because we're <laughs> yeah. not quite sure how we got there. Yep. It's, it's, it's that because a lot of times we think, you know, we do mess up in the big things. But a lot of times I have found my life off course because it was just a series of small choices that you think yeah. every day don't matter. It's the small things that all of a sudden I feel a, you feel estranged from your spouse mm-hmm. or you have a child that your relationship is not what you want it to be, or you are not meeting your goals in your workplace, or you have estrangement with a parent or with a friend. And it's all those little elements of daily mm-hmm. choices that sometimes you need the question of, Hey, where are you mm-hmm. so that you can recalibrate to where you're going? And kind of like Brandy said, even when you're communicating with others, you, you have to have the end in mind. You always have to have the end in mind. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of obstacles that keep us from, first of all, asking that to others and then even receiving that question from others. Mm-hmm. There's a fear that I think that the enemy uses Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to ask her that she's going to think I'm prying to her business or, right. you know, or I don't know if we're that close yet, or, you know, those kinds of things that would really prevent that question to be asked. And, you know, like you said, Keisha, like the question of, you know, where are you that's drawing back into intimacy, into yada, right. Into that place of mm. like, come near to me to come close face to, to me. face, that face to face interaction. And it's the same way with that God. I mean, he he literally demonstrates everything he does is a demonstration for us to follow in his footsteps and do likewise. So there's so many barriers that keep us from asking the questions 
in the same manner that would allow for those intimate connections and vulnerability mm -hmm. to take place. Mm -hmm. And we just fall short in that oftentimes if we're not careful. And so I think that sometimes people who are absolutely longing and they are on the outside looking at other relationships and deeply desiring it, they've not allowed themselves to take that risk of, mm. of asking the, just asking, where are you? Yeah. I think people are dying to be asked, where are you? Mm -hmm. I think when we are in a community, I think there are so many times we have the opportunity to ask the deeper question, the best question, only to find that when we do ask it, the person we ask it to has been waiting, whether they knew it or not, mm -hmm. to be asked that question, to be known, to have mm -hmm. a space to actually share their story. Yeah. So what are the first five letters of the word question quest. You, you so I love that Chelsea brought up, we are story tellers. And these questions are very recalibrating to the quest that we are on, mm -hmm. to the story that God is writing. And I wasn't smart enough to come up with that. There's actually a Bible study that I did about five years ago, and it's actually called The Quest, and it's by Beth Moore. And so these questions actually come from that study. And I had kind of even forgotten about this particular study that I had done it, but I was doing some material that led me back to it and led me back to these questions. And the first recalibrating question is, where are you? The second question that God asked in the Bible. So Satan asked the first, God asked the second, but this is the second question asked by God himself. After he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? His next question was, who told you that? And that's in Genesis 311, because there are so many things that we knowingly or unknowingly believe because it's something that somebody told us about mm -hmm. the circumstance, about mm -hmm. God, about ourselves. And as I sat with this question this week, I thought, you know, a lot of my shame scripts come from mm -hmm. something that I heard something say for something that was communicated to me at some point. And that is another essential question is who told you that? Come with that all day, Tanya. <laughs> You're exactly right. We get into the pit by things being spoken over us or mm. suggested of us, but that's also how we get out of the pit, right? To yes. immerse and absorb ourselves in scripture, but to also recognize the people that love God and love us are direct vessels of the word of God to say, who told you that? I told you that. The creator told you that. That's how you know it's true. And I can't remember what we were listening to probably about a year ago, but it was talking about how peers in your teenage life really shape you, even if it's negatively. You mm -hmm. let people that have no authority, no authorship, over you, mold you like a clay pot. Instead of saying, you know, you didn't create me, but I know the one that did. That's the truth I have to go to. And in scripture, you know, our hearts are deceitful. We are going to absorb negative things, unfortunately, shameful things much quicker and more often than we do things of joy. And because of that, our hearts deceive us. But guess what? When our hearts deceive us, God is greater than our hearts. Yeah. And when scripture says that, that means he is drawing us back to, to our identity, who we really are in him. 
So every question that God asks is an opportunity for integration. Every question that evil asks is an opportunity for disintegration. So we're either working towards that identity in Christ to integration, or we're working towards disintegration. And disintegration, like you said earlier, Ton, it's a step-by-step process. You don't just fall apart in one day. It is a little yeah. bit at a time. A little bit, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm bad. I'm, no, I'm unwantable. I'm shameful. I'm ugly. I'm not desirable. That those little because you're answering a question. You might not hear the question in your head, but every time you repeat that shame script, you are answering a question that has been posed to your brain. Something that's been suggested to you. Yes. And that's a really important uh, point and vital for us to do as individuals and listeners to really take inventory of those formative relationships around you. Those people that you are listening to and, and are, is what they're telling you, is it based on the word of God? Is it, is it truth? Or do you walk away kind of, I don't know. So it's just important because all relationships, if you're not careful, will form you. But there is a level of, I believe you have to relinquish some authority over to those relationships. And some you need to do that. The ones that are trustworthy and that are building you up and others you need to protect yourself from. And so I really think that there's a level of discernment that needs to be in that um, and allowing people to kind of speak into that area. Very good point. Very good point. So that concludes part one of our questions episode. I did mention a Valentine's giveaway. So we are so thankful and grateful for Jennifer and her staff at the Oaks Arm Park in Dothan, Alabama for donating a Valentine's Day gift to you all. Simply all you need to do is go to our socials and there will be instructions on how you can win a Valentine's giveaway. So thank you all for tuning into this episode and next week we will follow with part two of questions. Remember, it is God who's the reframer of our lives, making all things new because we ain't that good.